Hey, everybody. I'm Lacey J, host of the Surprise Face podcast. For the next few months, you're in for a treat. We've rounded up the best episodes of the podcast and we're replaying them here. We hope you enjoy. Have a good listen. Hey, you've made it to Spryspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Spryspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spryspace podcast. I'm Lacey J. And today we're continuing our series on educators using social media for good. On the show this week, I have Don Jose Ruiz. Don Jose is the international best-selling author of The Fifth Agreement. As a Toltec master of transformation and modern-day shaman, he's dedicated his life to sharing the wisdom of the ancient Toltec through his books, lectures, and journeys to sacred sites around the world. Other books include Ripples of Wisdom, My Good Friend the Rattlesnake, The Wisdom of the Shamans, and the newly released The Medicine Bag, which I'm about halfway through right now and I'm loving. Uh, I met Don Jose in 2016 when I went to Teotihuacan on one of his journeys, and I am like over the moon, happy, excited. I've got adrenaline kind of pumping through my veins right now. So thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Thank you very much, sister. I'm very happy to be here, and I'm doing just big, good. (laughs) That makes me so happy. Um, So I like to start off before we get into kind of the meat of the content. I like to start off with one question about... uh, what piece of social media content you might have seen in the last week or so that brought you joy? Uh, as we're focused on social media for good, what good is social media if it can't spark a little joy in you? Yes, one of the things that sparkled a lot of joy this week, my, my uncle, uh, my, my bro- that's older brother, passed away on Saturday. So on, on Monday or Tuesday, one of my uh, nieces put a video of my uncle playing guitar and just singing his heart out before he passed away. And that just made my heart so happy. And that's the, like the best thing that I got from the internet, from the Instagram uh, sharing. That's the best thing. Every time we talk to people, it's it's always about connection. You know, this ability that we have to connect with people over social media. And the second most popular answer we get to that has to do with pets, right? Like if there's a dog video or something like that. So um I watched the video of your dad talking about your uncle too uh, over social media. So is your family, you know, are you, are you doing okay? Everybody handling that all right? Yes, it's a, it's a moment of celebration of someone's life. Even though, you know, someone is in our heart for a long time, you know, it touches our heart. But at the same time, it's a, it's a beautiful thing of life because we had the opportunity to spend, you know, almost 80, 80 something years with, with, with uncle and all his magic and all his love. And of course, you know, in these times we get all together, but at the same time, we have the awareness that this is about celebrating, not about using that against ourselves. And when we get into the communion, you know, we see our elders, you know, being strong, being um, open heart, and for us to carry the torch. And this is basically what the, the information of the elders give to us, to give the completely unconditional love so we can be there for the children. And that's how the generation passes on. But yes, it's a, it's a very beautiful, loving time of remembering our loved one. Good. I'm glad. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your journey to become kind of an author and educator. So as I've listened to stories and books that you've told, I I believe that you said in the past 
the idea of public speaking and kind of uh, presenting in that way made you really nervous and uncomfortable. So tell me a little bit about the journey that you've gone through to get to the place that you are, you know, a speaker, author, educator. Well, first of all, I never planned to be a public speaker or a book author. That was never my dream. What all came about is for me in my journey of life when I lost myself, when I went into the world of suffering, when I went into my personal drama and hell, you know, I got these teachings that helped me uh, change my life. And by me changing my life, all those tools, all those wisdom, everything that I achieved, you know, I began practicing and living it and it changed my life. But the more that I begin sharing it, the more that I give uh, giving it, uh, opportunities came, you know, I, it's like a, a flower opens in a tree and everybody comes to the tree and picks flowers. So that's what, something that happened in my thing. I never really studied to be a motivational speaker or a book author. I'm just an open channel of love. And one thing that makes me the, of my art as possible is that I'm honest, honest to myself and honest to any, everybody that I meet. So when we know that lies is the foundation of hell, there's not a moment, there's not even a doubt to disrespect our temple. And out after this, you know, I got the opportunity to, to, to travel the world with my father, to learn from my grandmother and teach with them. It was a different point of view of service. So this is one of the acts that my family does is a service of love because we see everybody the same. Some people forget, some people are obsessed with the, their drama and negativity to find heaven and you know, it is so beautiful, but it becomes a moment when you talk to somebody, you reflect on the truth. And the truth is that they are alive and they're the, you know, the main character in their movie of their life. And they're the own narrator for them to guide themselves in life. So when we begin doing service that we just enjoy, you know, we have no expectations. But the beautiful thing is that we're taking action and creating energy to give to the people around us. It's beautiful. Um, is there a certain teaching or lesson that you feel kind of coming through you the most right now? You know, I'm like I said, I just have gone through about half of your newest book, The Medicine Bag, which is talking a lot about how you can practically include altar and ceremony and ritual in your daily life. And I love how much you um, you talk about Sorita in it. Um, it's actually funny in, in preparation for this, I was watching another recent podcast that you were interviewed on. And um, the man interviewing was talking about some of your uncles and grandfathers who leaded down to this. And I like yelled from, from the screen and Sarita because <laughs> like, he didn't mention it. And then your dad did mention her right away. But, but I like, I almost felt this sense of, um, duty to like make sure that she was included in that too um so you know the the this sense of practical application of altar and ceremony i see that coming through in the medicine bag but you know aside from that or along with that what are you feeling the most called to teach and talk about what's coming through you the most right now well right now i'm in the stage when i just finished the power animal journey now i'm more getting into the death of a shaman Mm. that the other shaman is someone who sees the dream of the planet as it is. And we go back to the impeccability of the word to Totec 101, knowing that everything is story, everything's illusion. Then in this life, either we use our illusions or the illusion uses us. Mm. And this is when we now know what kind of life we want to live. So when I say death of a shaman, I don't seem that we're killing the shaman, no. Is that the shaman search is over because he's found its service in life. And the service of life is just to enjoy it and protect itself from itself. And from this point on, we don't need no titles. We don't need no validation from the outside. 
we're just present being invisible. So one of the things that I see in this big uh, transformation is the end of the dream of machismo. Machista mm -hmm. is the suppressing dream, you know, and not only men do it, women do it too. And they teach the little ones how to do it. And it's not about suppressing someone outside of you or, you know, it's suppressing ourselves. Let's say we want to do something, but there goes the tyrant saying you cannot do it, sabotaging itself. But when you begin having awareness that everything is just story, everything is just words that create the story, you get the storyteller power back and you tell the story how you is. And this is a moment of faith, not hope anymore. We're not hoping, I hope the butterfly will come. I hope the, no, the butterfly will come because I am the butterfly. And the moment that you begin feeling this way, you feel your own power. And when you feel that you can achieve things, it's because you believe in yourself and that's not ego. Ego is believing that you're better than everybody else and begin judging them, begin judging every art they do. But you know, we don't know where people come from. So in the death of shamanism is to understand where people come from and they come through the darkness of, you know, depression, anxiety, the dream of the planet, what we should be and what we have to get to be happy. In the reality, we have everything to be happy. We're just sabotaging our illusion, thinking of false dreams. So when we wake up, we have an epiphany and it's not a death experience. It's just an epiphany of self-realization. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. It doesn't have to be a heartbreak. It's just one moment that we wake up and say, okay, I don't have to be me anymore. I don't have to pretend for others. I can just be validated. Let the people judge me who's going to judge me, gonna judge me anyways, but I will not judge myself. So in this moment, it's about feeling the ultimate respect of shamanism is when we merge into nature, but we're still alive. Feel that power when you can feel that everything has a right to live. Everything has a right to, you know, to enjoy this beautiful dream. Now we become being at service and this is what the angels are protecting of heaven. And this is the death of a shaman when you realize that, you know, we're here with medicine in our hands. Every bad experience that can happen in our life, every situation, every relationship, every workplace that have, you know, we have experience have given us lessons that we create into medicine. Now we're walking with the open eye meditation seeing where we can serve. We don't even have to speak at all. We have to put that intent. And this is where I'm coming from. The death of a shaman is when you realize that you are that energy, that intent that moves this body, that makes this mind talk, because <laughs> that's what we truly are. This body is, is lent to us by Mother Earth, because it is Mother Earth. We tell stories that is male, female, you know, we should be like this, we should be like that, but we all are life. And when we understand we all are life, the world will be over. And it's about survival now. And the survival is not with the outside, it's with our side, with ourselves in our inside, because we know how we think. We know our program, we know the domestication, we know what hurt us, but yet the goal, there's nothing to prove to the outside. The thing it is just to respect the inside. And that's what I mean about the death of the shaman, because it's a moment in life when you let all the characters or personalities go because you're just happy being alive. And this is the shape shifters point of view. So when I talk about machismo, is I see the biggest lie, the biggest pretending to be tough. You know, you're not embracing fear. You're pretending. One is pretending to not feel it and run away from it. But when you begin feeling the fear, you begin feeling the anxiety in your body. You begin feeling the butterflies. You begin feeling the depression, anything, but you're strong. You're strong there for you because you're not gonna let any story affect you and you will not use any other character to, to affect your story as well, because they, that is their art. Now you begin seeing 
oh my God, inside of us, there's all this universe full of art. Now imagine if we have this medicine inside of us, wherever we go, we can place it. And especially I love how you share the positivity in the internet because the internet is a responsibility, just like a car is a responsibility. You know, when one is young, they see the, in they see the car, they go, oh, I'm gonna ride, I don't care for speeding tickets, stuff like that. But then you learn lessons in life. Also the internet, it's a vehicle. It's a vehicle when we have our information to come and go. But the beautiful thing about this mirror of the internet is what reflects to us because we give messages, we listen to messages, we react to other people's poison, but at the same time, we know that it's nothing to do with us. So it is a great vehicle to put all positivity out there and to whatever you want to look for, it's there. And now the important thing it is, what are we looking for? Exactly. I love that. Whatever you want to look for, it's there, right? It's, it is, it's a, it's, you hear this entire conversation of people talking about how how toxic or bad social media is. And of course there's truth in that and, and people are experiencing things that are toxic and bad. However, there is, there is just as much, if not more, uh, human connection, learning, laughing, entertainment, all happening. And it really depends on how you frame your experience. When I was listening to you, um, sometimes I wish you were the one narrating your book just because I've, I know your voice well. And so having somebody else narrate it, I feel like it's not coming across the way that, that Don Jose would say it. Um, but, but I was listening to it and I was thinking about how, you know, the social media profiles that we create and the footprint that we create is kind of like our altar too. You know, it's like our, our digital altar that we have. What is it that we're placing as something that we're sharing with other people? Um, it's our art, the same way that you talk about Toltecs being the artist of life, right? Well, our social media platforms, that's art too. What are we, what picture are we painting of ourselves and, and of our view on the world by what we're posting and engaging with? So I'm actually curious, what social media platforms do you actually use? What, what platforms do you spend any time on? I, I just use the Instagram for a for working vehicle like to put out my messages and to put my art to feel mm -hmm. connected and to, especially in the time of COVID, I couldn't do like what I had to do. And, and some of my family said, just do the internet. And I did, and I'm very grateful for that message. But other than that, I, I, I love the YouTube. Yeah. I, I love music. So uh, I love when people go to concerts and share the music or that's, I, I go into that rabbit holes <laughs> of music. Do you have a TikTok yet? No. Okay. I'd, I'd be so curious to see what you'd follow on TikTok. I feel like you personally could get into some of the, uh, the dog channels, right? Like channels that are just dogs doing their thing. I think you'd love that. Yes. I, I, I seen some of those and it, 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 it is very, very cute and funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so let's look at, I watched some of your live streams that you've been doing throughout the last, how long have you been doing them? Did you start think, them during pandemic? Yes, I, I, start, I think I started in February or March of, of 2020. So it's been a little bit more than a year. And, and you have two of them that you do that I've seen. You have your live Mondays that you do that are primarily in English. And then you have your Palabras del Corazón, which is primarily in Spanish. So how has your experience been doing those live streams? Are you getting something out of that? Do you feel like you're contributing a value? How, as you see the feedback, I mean, I read through the comments, 
on a lot of these videos and the feedback is so positive. So how has that experience been for you using live streams? Well, it's a gift. It's always a gift when we have a platform where we can just close our eyes, take a deep breath and let the waterfall just come out of us. No matter what it is, if it's computer, if it's the telephone, if it's a stage, you sit in a taxi, every opportunity that I get to get something out of my chest, my voice, because when I talk, I talk about situations that I'm talking. So it's a medicine. It may feel like I'm giving medicine to people, but it's not. They're just witnessing me in my own desert, speaking out loud of whatever I'm going through in my life. And, you know, there's always something in life that triggers some memories of our past journey of our life. So that we see it from a different point of view. And that's where the magic begins happening because we're not seeing it from when we were in the hole like a victim. No, we see it with honesty, our participation in it. That's very important. And the participation that life did. So when you see all those things creating, you have an epiphany. Then you just talk about a journey of life. But the beautiful thing is when someone is inside the journey of life, when they're feeling in the hole and they don't feel like there's anywhere to get out of that hole. And they see somebody, you know, who speaks that language. And when I say speak that language, I don't mean Spanish or English. I mean the painful feeling that one went through. But at the same time, when one speaks with painful truth, they can feel the nourishment and the love that comes through. So, you know, every time that my father, since I was a kid, puts me to speak in a stage in front of his apprentices, I have no idea what I'm going to say. So it's the same thing with the live stream. I just get my commitment. I push the button. and. I speak from my heart. I see you, you, whenever the camera comes on, you kind of like, you know, you put your ha- your hands kind of together close to your heart and you kind of take a deep breath. And even at that moment, do you have an idea what you're going to say or does your mouth just open and you start talking? I just open. And uh, when I, when I do this, like when you explain, I go like this, it's like, I can go into traveling moment. I can travel to Teotihuacan, to India, to Utah's mountain, to Sedona's. And I can feel the connection. And once I feel the connection, I open my eyes and I begin. Because it's always something that we feel inspired to, rooted to. And this is when the magic just happens. But, you know, when I was younger, I get nervous to speak in public. I get nervous. I get the butterflies and I put stories into it and it's increasing more. So one day my father, I was in a journey with him and he said to me, what are you doing? I'm writing. What are you writing? I'm writing a speech in case you put me to speak. (laughs) He grabbed a piece of paper, he broke it, threw in the trash and said, always speak from your heart because that's when people feel your authenticity. If you're prepared for how you're going to be presented, it's it's 50-50, you know? You call it but the moment that you give your all. It's a memorable presence. And a memorable presence is because it's a memorable thing that you will remember. And then if you remember that moment because you put your heart there too, the heart is like an attraction. It will attract other hearts and be feeling the same with different stories, of course, where they're feeling that momentum, that fuel, that combustible, that, you know, that the space shuttle can just go off into space, you know, and blast. And when the blast, the beautiful thing is that we're still in the same place. We feel all the rain that's coming through us because we liberate it and we let go. And this is when we say in the Totec tradition, we are our own apprentice and we are our own teacher. When we have respect, we can listen. And we really want to be truthful. We will not want to cover our ears anymore. We will listen to whatever we don't want to listen. And if we have effect over that or reaction to that or defense mechanism, it's because there's something there. And honesty is the best medicine. And when you feel that honesty in the presence, when you are talking to people, mirroring people, 
they can feel that even before you speak. One of the things that you talked about in one of your recent live streams is um, harmony. Uh, and I thought that was such a beautiful concept to talk about, especially in regards to social media. I mean, again, social media is kind of, it's just, it's another reflection of human interaction, right? It's just human interaction on a digital stage. Um, and it lacks the ability for us to kind of be in the same space and feel each other's energy that way. And so I think harmony is one of the things that is, is the least present on social media. Um, and this lack of harmony, it, this cacophony, right? These everybody just shouting their loud noises at each other um, is what people get uncomfortable listening to and what pushes people off of social media instead of leaning in and trying to, to actually engage in social media for good. So, you know, do you see some of this as well, this kind of lack of harmony that's happening on social media and how could we continue to bring more harmony into the relationships that we have in real life and through our activity on social media? Yes, the, the harmony is to let everybody have their dream, their point of view. And sometimes in social media, they don't let people even, they say they're in harmony, but they don't let people have their point of view because they're so intrigued by the validation. And we humans, since we were kids, we need that validation. We learn to speak. Yay, he said a word. He said a word. Oh, they're walking. Yay. And we're like expecting the J. And when we do something bad, bad kid, bad, bad, bad. And oh, you feel like that. So in the social media, I can see many artists looking for validation. And when they don't get the validation, they're the worst enemy because it's not about the harmony with the other people. It's the harmony with the within. When you know people are going to disagree with you, it's okay. You're true to your art and you respect their art. But if we go into the internet, like I know some people that go into the internet, they do something. And instead of just reading good comments or positive quotes, they're looking for the negative ones mm. because they're looking for a moment to keep that energy on harmony, all that, you know, uh, an excuse to why be negative. But when you begin reliving in harmony saying, my harmony has no price for anybody's dream or validation. My harmony doesn't debate anybody. My harmony lives in peace in my little world. And this little world, like you said earlier, is my altar. You see the, the, the social media, like the Instagram for me, that's an altar, like you said. It's a place where people can go to a temple without going to a physical temple. Mm. Because the temple is just a reflection of their mind because their mind it is the real temple. Like our minds is where the things happen. This is where we need to have, you know, sacred things, not in a actually building. We need to treat ourselves with kindness and love in here, not actually in a building because many people leave the building and they begin walking things. So when we begin looking at everything, like a temple, even social media becomes a temple. And you know, sometimes we go into some pages and go, okay, if this was my page, if this was my uh, church, my temple, I would tear it down and rebuild it in a few days, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> they can have their temple because that's what they choose. We humans, Especially we believe the word the empaths, empaths that we want to heal everybody. Mm. And then we feel so protected because, you know, it's not about feeling empathetic or thinking. We feel, we all feel. The thing is what story we're telling ourselves of what's happening. It's like the squirrel watching me right now. Is the squirrel <laughs> watching me saying, oh, what is the human going to do? You know, it's creating a story of how not to trust me, you know. But the thing, the, the squirrel could care less. Just watches me and runs away. But we humans... We want to look for the negativity out of something, out of something because we're addicted to suffering from a programmingization. That's why harmony is very important 
to have not only in your workspace, in your schools, but in your home. In your home is where harmony really needs to exist because the kids, they're always learning, but not what we say to them, how we're living. So if we live in harmony, it's common sense. They're going to live in harmony. But if we live in this harmony, lying, pretending, lying to them, even though they're seeing what we're doing, they're going to do that exactly the same thing. And it's like we're setting, it, setting them up for failure. When we're honest and live in harmony, we can give the next generation the most beautiful gift to not look for the negative art out there because it does exist. Once we begin feeling the negative art is because we go through that in school, especially junior high and high school. Those are something that really program our minds and they stay for a long time. You know, for the longest time, I could see the conversations that I had with my high school friends about life. And then I go, well, that wasn't real. <laughs> that wasn't real, you know? But here I am 20 years later, my mind automatically thinking that it's real, but it wasn't real. It's not real anymore. That was just a stepping stone to get into my 20s, to begin on learning and learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. And that's what a dream mastery is. A dream master is not that one controls somebody's dream. It's the someone that controls its own dream. So when someone wakes up and creates the manifestation of harmony inside, no matter what's going on, like my family, right now we have an uncle that passed away, but we're still in harmony. That's not an excuse not to be in harmony. We're honoring him in every moment instead of, you know, punishing ourselves. Oh, I should have said this. I would have done that, you know, disrespecting. And this is something that we do. We disrespect ourselves at all moments. So how can we live in harmony when we're disrespecting ourselves? That's why the internet is one of the most advanced technology mirrors that exist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, and you talk about harmony being in the home, but it does have to be in your heart first, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah you have to live it. There's no faking it till you make it because we fake it till I make it. It will be like Halloween. People wear this beautiful mask that inside of them, you know, they're pretending. When I first started listening to some of the content that came out from your family, um, the four agreements was the first one. Um, I got I got to the content actually. I I the very first piece of content that I listened to that mentioned Toltec was Heather Ashamara's uh, Warrior Goddess. So I listened to her book and then um, came into the four agreements. And then I think I've read just about everything that's that's come out from your family, and. Um, the concept that I think was probably one of the biggest shifters for me was this idea of sin not being something that you do against some external God outside yourself, but something that you do against your own self. Um, you know, I think that learning this concept that sin is going against yourself, um, all of a sudden I felt more responsibility to honor myself. Um, and to build that harmony within myself um, that had to do with trusting and listening to my own feelings and my own heart when I, when I was making decisions and, and deciding what I was going to do or wasn't going to do or what relationship I was going to be in or not be in. Um, I think that's really when I started developing some actual harmony internally, which, again, probably didn't come until I was, what, 27 or so. So way past these high school conversations about what I thought I believed and knew. Um, and I really think that that has changed the way that I communicate with myself, the way that I communicate with everyone around me is this concept of honoring myself uh, really above all. Some people would call that kind of selfish or self-centered, but I have come to understand that I can't honor anybody else 
unless I can honor my own self first. Um, do you think I'm, am I, am I taking that lesson in properly in your opinion? That's not yes. even the right question to ask, but. We, we cannot give what we don't have. That's the main thing. We cannot give what we don't have. We don't give it to ourselves. How can we give it to others? You know, we don't live in harmony in ourselves. We say, hey, honey, I promise you har har harmony for the rest of your life. But then I have a bad day. And then I go scream and do something negative. And there goes the harmony. I couldn't give it. But, you know, it comes a moment where we know that heaven and hell is in this life. And when we come out of a dream of suffering and we're working with ourselves, we cannot be manipulated anymore. The word sin, for me, it was to live in fear that whatever I'm doing in my life, if I don't do it correctly, I'm going to go to hell. And that's when I said to the priest, I've already been to hell. I'm trying to get out of that hell. I'm trying to now honor my word. And I don't want to misuse fear. And I don't want to misuse the word. And all the lessons that I did, you know, when they say I did sin, there were lessons that I had to make so I can break the automatic. But I would not use this to punish myself any longer because I already learned from it. Now to live in sin is to live in ghost town. That I have to go every Friday to confess my sins, to give the power away. It means that I judge myself and I need someone else outside of me to forgive me. Why should I do that when I can forgive myself? When I can honor Divine Mother in my physical body by controlling my emotion, my thoughts. And when I find that peace of harmony inside of me, it's because, you know, my, my mind cannot go anywhere else. It cannot create anything. It just sits and it just says, I don't believe it. And the only thing I have to do now is watch my own poison, protect myself from myself. If I get irritated, it's say to my family, I'll be right back. I need to control because I know me. I don't want to be how I did in the past, living in the sin world, you know, making assumptions and then, you know, doing it again and again and again because I got permit to hurt my people, hurt my family and then say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I will never do it again. And then because I got enabled, I continue doing it again. But it becomes a moment where we get responsibility. You know, for me, sin, it came up to be a made up word now. A made up word where I gave my power away, where I had guilt and shame where I have all these, you know, ju justifications why I'm not happy. But the moment that I know that I am the author, I am the main character and the narrator in my life. And then I know how I talked about earlier about the death of a shaman. Words for me are not the real thing. Words for me are something to communicate. And we make words into gods. And we're slave ourselves with words. And we make a prison right here. So for me, all of that, it is just, you know, a story. Now, when I wake up from the story, okay, the story is good. The story is someone else's story, but it doesn't belong to me. I have to walk away, follow my path, and be honoring myself. Because in this life, we have to leave ghost towns again and again and again and again and again. That's why people say we have hundreds of lives, the shamanism. It's not that we have hundreds of lives, we just have one. But we can understand when that doesn't give us pleasure anymore, we know how to let it go without hurting it, without talking bad about it and just say, thank you, you give me a lesson. And in this world, you know, when we leave a relationship or work, we get fired. It's no gratitude. We just see the injustice, they fired me. Oh, they cheated on me. Oh, they did this on me. We use the things to hurt ourselves with. That's their decision. It has nothing to do with us. And if we do it, and if we want forgiveness, we don't have to beg for it. It's about not repeating it again because people that we hurt, they have the right to forgive us or not in their story. But for us to be forgiven, we don't have to wait for their words. It's just to not repeat it to the people that we know now and that we will meet tomorrow. And that's how we learn. But we humans were so excused 
that we don't own our own power, that we are powerful. Just like we can believe in ourselves, we can make things. Like I love this story that my partner told me about. It was this anthropologist, but before she became an anthropologist, people told her that she couldn't be. And because she was 70 something and she studied for 10 years and you know, in, before, in her 80 something, she became an anthropologist. It's because she believed that she could do anything. If we believe that the world tells us, we will never do anything. That's why it's important to use the power of your word and to be impeccable with it. You mean what they say, because it's a seed and it's okay to say no, you know, or we will be living people's lives and we will be holding the door forever. That's why it's important to give ourselves harmony, to live, and then our presence, wherever we go, like you said, we will give it to others because we cannot give what we don't have. And when we give it to ourselves, that's the epiphany. I have this, this dream of this concept of social media for good. You know, this, this concept of people really, um, I don't even want to use the word believe because I don't like to use it very often because there aren't a lot of things that I think I really believe. There's a lot of things I think and ideas I have, but um, when I have a belief, it becomes too strict. And then if I learn something new, I can't move around it. But I, I just have this concept of people really using social media. And I guess when I say social media, I really mean communication, right? Talking, uh, engaging with each other. I have this, this vision of people actually being able to consistently communicate with each other in a healthy way so that relationships can really grow and blossom through respect. And I think if we just keep saying it long enough <laughs> and, and, in this avenue and that avenue and just keep saying social media for good, that people will start to have it, that idea grow roots in them too. Um, you know, this concept that if we do get clear about what it is that we want to be talking about, that we will attract people who also want to talk about it. Just like you talked about the heart being an attractor. If we're open and honest about what we see and what we think is possible, then we'll like magnets attract other people who can see that as a possible world too. So do you think it's possible that, that social media can be a tool for good? And, and if so, uh, how do we keep leaning into that? It, it, it is possible. The social media, the internet is an expansion, an external of our brains together. So all of our brains together have negative and positives. It exists there. The thing is, what are you focusing on? Like when I was a kid, they didn't have the after-school program, so I hang with the wrong crowds. But later in life, the school that I went to began doing sports and music after school. So kids don't get into street gangs, drugs, and all that stuff that happens. So, <laughs> so the internet is the same thing. Create programs that do good, to do programs that open hearts, to do programs that you know that allow kids to spend time in music and poetry and get them out of the sad world of depression, you know, drugs, addiction, and all that, because that's an open door. So when we begin doing doors, studios, channels, pages, <coughs> it all changes because the bees and the hummingbirds can go and get nectar that really will feed them. Now it's up to the character. Are we are a bee or we are a fly in the internet? And what do I mean by that? He's a teaching by my father. My father said to me one time, Jose, you're a bee or a fly. And I go, what do you mean? Well, bees, they love honey and they cultivate their own honey and flies, nothing against the flies, but it's just a, a metaphor. They like poo and not their own poo, someone else's poo. 
So when you're getting the internet, what are we watching? Someone else's poo? Someone else's drama? Someone else's negative? That it becomes irritating, it becomes, you know, uh, paranoid, stuff like that, that we take that energy and where do we throw it? To our family, mm. to our school, to our workplace, just like the hummingbirds, like the bees, we're tracking that nectar that's poison. Now, if we get the positive things, the things that make our heart open, that channels the TVs, you know, like I still watch DuckTales, you know, even the new brand new ones because they make my heart open. They make my, because it's just pure positive. And I create so many mythologies, but this being said, you know, we can choose where to go. And now social media, it's everything out there. It's a reflection of life. The question it is, what kind of service do you want to do in life? Are you the bee or the fly? Mm -hmm. I love exactly. it. Do you, <laughs> That's do you, simple. It is. We like to make it so complicated because we don't want to change. Mm, that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, we defend our gods, you know, to the end in this blind faith. Give me more poo, we say. More. <laughs> it's my poo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me more drama. And you mm -hmm. can see the number one movies, channels are just dramatic things, heartbreaking things. And that dream opens up. And, you know, the adults can see that, you know, it's just story, just deep at the little kids. They watch up to that. And who knows? They want to grow up to be just like that. So that's why I said, when we get the epiphany of positivity, of goodness, of the truth, of kindness, this is what we want to give to the little ones. You know, when I was little, I didn't know much English, but I remember me and my little cousins, my, my brothers also, we used to hear, well, my brother, no, he knew English, but my, my cousins who didn't know English, we used to hear this music, you know, and uh, they, we didn't know what they were saying, but they were saying very vulgar, you know, heavy things. And we have no idea until we get the idea and then we don't say them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a story that I want to tell from, um, from my time down in Teotihuacan with you and your family um, that I feel like aligns pretty well with what you're talking about with the concept of death of a shaman. Um, I think that a lot of us, as we're trying to go through life and have these epiphanies of positivity, we believe that something has to happen to us, right? We have to, this, this miracle is going to happen to us. Something is going to be revealed to us and that will put us on this path that we're supposed to be in, or that will, will be a sign that we are on the path we are supposed to be on, um, a sign that we've been successful. And um, when I was on the trip with you all and um, we went down into a meditation cave, right? And I'm like, if anywhere I'm gonna have a miracle happen, it's gonna happen here, right? I mean, look at, I've traveled all this way. I've done all of this and I'm going to have, this is the place, right? So I better try my hardest. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna meditate and I'm gonna try my hardest um, here in the darkness. And what was interesting is it was totally dark, right? You know, there's no light down there whatsoever. And what I found myself doing as I was trying to meditate there is I just got this biggest smile on my face, just the biggest smile. And I was like, just looking around, just like darting my face around looking because nobody can see my face. I can't see anybody else's face. And I'm just smiling and looking around here. And I was like, I've come all the way down here and I don't think anything's going to happen to me. And I, I kind of walk back up and out and I get my journal out. And this is the journal that I, that I brought with me that I had there. And I start writing a little bit. And the words that come out of me is the miracle is your own happiness. 
It's that simple. You know, you can travel up a mountain, you can travel under the ground, you can go anywhere that you want to go to try to find this thing that's supposed to happen to you, but it happens from you. It happens from within you. And that happiness that can happen from within you, from anywhere at any time in any moment, I think that is the actual miracle. Um, And the last line that I wrote was just go play. And so I feel like I've been able to adopt that into my life throughout the last five years or so um, in a way that has really transformed things for me. Yes, it's, it's, it's beautiful when you have the self-realization. There's really nothing to do, but just to enjoy. See the mind pass by, characters come by, but you're just present. See the little ones, you know, open their hearts, learn to speak, be their own characters. You witnessing them, you get inspired, and you just feel the life. Because the epiphany, you know, sometimes we feel like when we read the stories of the spirituality, how you know, the, the, the ocean open up or the sky come up, you know, and in, in spirituality, everybody's com- competing with who had the experiences the most, you know, but reality is just that moment of self-realization. Oh, I was lying to myself. Oh, I can cover the bell. I don't need no magic feather. I can just believe in me. I have my happiness and that's it. That's when it, that's the search right there. You know, many people want to know all the answers of the universe, but we can't hold it in our head. It's, Besides, it's not with words. It's just a feeling of energy. So when we get that energy back to play with, like you said, we have to play with that energy. And what are we playing? We're creating. We're co-creating with the divine. That's when we have the epiphany that we are Mother Earth. You know, trees come out of us. Oceans come out of us. This is Mother Earth. The miracle really is that we are alive. And they were still alive. I prayed for my uncles, my loved ones who passed during the COVID years. But it's a miracle that you and me are talking. It's a miracle that we survived. Many people don't acknowledge that, don't see that because they live every day by life trying to survive with the bills, with the, you know, with the relationships, with everything, you know. But when you're just in harmony, grateful to be alive, you surrender to have a good time. And you know what you don't want, what comes in, it's not about a good time. You know, people who come, you know, mentally, not want to take responsibility after healing. They never want to take action. You can tell everything, but you know, you don't put them down. You respect them because that's the way they want to live their life. And that's the ultimate gift. But I tell you one thing, when we open our heart up and we're just walking in life, we're giving a message that's the sun and knowledge. It's the presence. And that presence makes one remember who they are, what they are, their life. They're beyond that character. And when we do that in shamanism, little by little, the seed gets put in their dream and they water it and they get the epiphany because they start breaking down their dream that they don't want anymore because in the totem tradition there's nothing to learn but to unlearn what takes our inspiration away because totem means artists of the spirit means that we're creating all the time and when we acknowledge our power we can co-create we can co-create with life but like you say i love what you say with bringing positivity to the internet if we bring if we can bring positivity to the internet we can bring easily positivity in our everyday life, because there's no screen, there's no things to write. We're just there with the love of our life and the spirit is taking us for a walk. Hear that? Our energy, our light is taking us for a walk in life. It's breathing us. We meet one another. We inspire one another. We create this beautiful dream. 
why do we have to look into the negative, into the drama? People get together in relationship and right away they're thinking about the end and they're in fear and they're killing that relationship. They begin worrying about someone taking their position in their job and they're sabotaging the company to get a position to not lose. So it's an interesting thing, but when you're in harmony, it's because you're grateful to be alive. You know, I'm grateful to see because not one time the eyes were giving. I'm grateful that I can hear with one ear good. <laughs> I'm grateful that I can continue doing what I love to do in these times with the computer, with technology. And I'm grateful to be here with you sharing positivity with whoever is listening. And they will do the same thing in their own way as well. That's why it's a unity of artists. And the internet, it is like an eternity. But people don't know about this. That's why I said it's a modern, modern mirror because the technology in the internet world is gonna be there after we're dead. Our great grandkids will see it, it's there. So it's a big responsibility to know what we're putting out there into the world. So this is the simplest thing to do. Like Abraham Lincoln says, Abraham Lincoln's path. We go, go into the internet, into life. If we do good, we feel good. And if we do bad, we feel bad. So honey, poo, bee, or fly. It's, up to us. Oh, it's so good. I love it so much. Well, the last question that I usually ask when we come on here is part of the social media for good concept is not only about what we put out and what we take from, um, but also kind of the relationship that we have with technology as a whole. So, you know, there are some people who we're looking at our phones first thing in the morning. We're looking to it as we fall asleep. Um, many people are addicted to their phones. Most of us really are. So um, the last question I have for you is just how is your relationship with social media, with technology? How, how would you rate yourself on, on your relationship with social media? Well, I, I am very into it because I, 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 I use it as a vehicle a lot. But what people do not know that I do sometimes is because I forget. I put the, the do not disturb button before the <laughs> interview or my life Mondays, then I put do not disturb in FaceTime, in messaging. So I go around my day, my partner goes to me and she says, hey, I try to call you, but you're not answering. A phone is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I love to create, I love to, to do the music. But like I said, it, it, it is a big responsibility how much time we, we spend on it because there was a moment that my grandmother began talking to us about that we were going to be ruled by machines. I never expected it to be this way. Mm. I never expected it to be the phone taking out of our presence. But this is like the future. What the future is, people fearing death in the future, what they're really trying to do is have eternal life. But you cannot have eternal life. This body just comes and goes. And when we begin having the, the, the epiphany that life is short and, uh, and you see what are we looking into? So what are we inspiring to? So like I said earlier, one thing that inspires me is just music. So I get into that, YouTube and I just put the music and I see what bands are coming, what brand new album I go into that rabbit hole, you know, and that's one of my favorite things. And I also, I cannot answer all the messages that I get, but I, every once in a while, I, I take a little time answering messages. But, that's you know, sometimes in these days, it's amazing because the phone is, uh, it's like a part, like my, my friends who are actors, they say they have to have a, a fan page because they need to get it with their producers and who's hiring the movie or the TV show, how many fans you're following. Even the, the promotion of the, in public speaking, you know, some companies will not see people if they don't have 10, you know. So it's kind of a weird world right now because they get, you know, over the numbers instead of the message. 
mm-hmm. you know, and I, I was watching the other day this, this interesting thing about this kid who manipulated the internet because he bought himself so many likes in his page and then went to uh, organizer events and says, I have this band and we're going to play this event. How many followers do you have without listening to the music? Because there was no music. And they, they, they hired this band to play this venue. No one show up. And they say, where are all the numbers? Well, they were made up. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Don Jose, I've been so grateful to have this time with you. Um, oh, thank you for having your presence here. Um, I feel just just honored and so excited. My adrenaline is finally kind of calming down a little bit, and I feel like we settled into a nice flow there. So um, I appreciate you so much. People who have enjoyed this conversation and want to hear more from you can find you on Instagram. Again, you're doing your live Mondays for now and um, in Spanish on, is there a specific day you do? The uh, Spanish in Spanish, I, I don't know what day I, I say it. I just feel it and I push the button. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, you can look for any of his books. Um, I listen to most of them on Audible myself, um, but we'll have some links to those in the podcast notes here too. So um, thank you so much for your time and everybody who's listening. We are uh, so appreciative of you and we hope that you all have a great rest of your day, that you're using social media for good and that you always keep learning. We will talk to you soon. Bye. This Spry Space podcast is brought to you by Spry Social Media Marketing, Digital Marketing Agility, edited by Chad Hinman and executive produced by Lazy Fought.